This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, hello. Yes, I'm back. I made it somehow because flights out of Austin, that's where I was for South by Southwest. Not good. Delayed. Every flight no, delayed. I would, I would assume there's a there is a pilot shortage. There's yeah, a lot that's of true. happening in the world. I would have just, you know, took that in consideration when it comes to traveling. But I yeah. know you've had a very busy weekend. <laughs> a very busy and weekend. So that's the last thing. You know, I was up. hanging out with the Shark Tank folks, stars, I mean, Damon looks, John and Mark Cuban. You looked like the coolest girl on campus. I felt really cool. It was one of those things where I was like, <laughs> I am so jelly. She's having such a beautiful time. Your outfits came together, which she was very worried about. It was a thing. You looked beautiful. I, I worked hard. <laughs> I really can't wait to find out all the tea about like what really happened. Okay, what you off air. The mic. Yeah. Yes, t- definitely. South by Southwest looked great on you. It was. I appreciate that. It Thank did. you. It really did. Uh, yeah, you can check out all of the action on my social media at Shira Lazar. But I'm happy to be back. Another day here at Let's Go There. You're going to ask how I was while you were How there? are you? She, she, doesn't <laughs> she doesn't even care. How but is everything? Fine. No, it's how fine. is everything? I just keep the shit going. <laughs> no matter what, Tom. <laughs> how are you feeling, right? <laughs> No, it was it was it's been a wonderful, wonderful time, but I miss you for sure, so I'm happy you're back. Oh yeah. all right. Well no that's how I was feeling. Oh <laughs> No one asked you, Justin. Okay. <laughs> Justin, you could let us know if you want off the air. No, yeah, no let us know really quick. Tell us. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> there you I'm go. <laughs> well, lots coming up on the show today. One celeb is recovering from a rising concern that is popping up for younger people. Blood clots, and one uh, this celebrity is also well. Another one is eating raw meat for fertility. What is going on? Doctor James joins us for all of that is it for later in the show. Actually, I that's was... what this person is saying. Huh. Also, today is gender gap day. Gender pay gap. <laughs> it's a gender gap. Well, <laughs> is it is it gender gap? Like, there's maybe a gap in gender. Well, that too. And another year has gone by where pay between genders has not closed. So, what do we do now? We discuss that with the secretary treasurer of the National Committee on Pay Equity. That's a yes, mouthful. That's Next a hour. Up first, though, uh, we're going to be talking about um, a spouse of the Supreme Court justice who it seems like they were part of the January 6th attack at the, at the Capitol. So the Washington Post joins us in 30 minutes. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. A professor at Oklahoma Christian University in Edmond, Oklahoma, has been fired, allegedly after having a gay speaker present in his class. Michael O'Keefe had been teaching graphic design at the university for 41 years, and then he was fired on Monday, saying it was absolutely 
absolutely shocking to me. Um, and Emily Thornton, an OC alumni, said O'Keefe was fired because he had class where several speakers came in and talked about their personal challenges and how they overcame them. In a statement provided by O'Keefe's lawyer, Kevin Jacobs, the former professor, said the claims were true. So he wanted to create just a nice environment for everyone. And he was fired. Now, Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about her, Biden, and other White House officials being sanctioned by Russia. Here's what she had to say. I would first note that President Biden is a junior, so uh, they may may have sanctioned his dad. May he rest in peace. Um, The second piece I would say is that won't surprise any of you uh, that none of us are planning uh, tourist trips to Russia. None of us have bank accounts that we won't be able to access, so we will forge ahead. Okay, there you go. And finally, three transgender Oklahomans are suing the state for refusing to allow them to update their birth certificates to accurately reflect their genders. Well, Oklahoma not doing well right now. The federal lawsuit filed by Lambda Legal alleges that Oklahoma's current policy surrounding birth certificates, quote, intentionally discriminates on the basis of transgender status. Now, in November, Governor Kevin Stitt issued an executive order prohibiting Oklahomans from updating the gender on their birth certificates. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right, so we have a Jesse Smollett update. His brother is speaking out, and he is out of the psych ward at Cook County Jail, something his brother believes only happened because fans applied public pressure. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Jackie Smollett thanked people on Monday night on social media for their support in the Free Jesse movement. He says Jesse's removal from the psych ward is a big step forward and gets him out of a restrained bed and into a normal one. Here is the clip. Oh, okay, so we don't have the clip, but here's what he adds. Um, he adds, uh, Cook County doesn't really move until they get pu- uh, bad publicity. Keep continuing to call Cook County Jail, um, checking in on him, and keep saying that you believe he should be free. Um, Jockey says that the pressure added on the county is what got Jesse moved, and he thinks uh, he thinks continued force can make him a free man once again. Um, it was reported that Jesse was put in the ward because the area... Um, houses high-profile inmates, according to law enforcement sources. Well, Jesse's brother expressed concern immediately, saying official paperwork stated his brother was at risk of self-harm, something that he thinks is complete BS. Mm. And I mean, I would, I also would say that's probably complete BS because Jesse literally said going in once the the the, the chilling clip of saying. You know, I'm, I did not commit suicide. Like, this is not me. I did not want suicide, which is saying once I go behind these bo- doors, if something happens to me, I didn't, they, they can't oh, frame it as committing yeah. suicide. They can't wow. change the narrative, uh, which is very chilling. So, yeah, I mean, these updates that keep coming out, um, there's so much happening with the Free Justice Movement that we're going to discuss a little bit later, actually coming up this hour up next. So stick around for that because it's going to be really, really good. Yeah, Travell Anderson is with us right after this to talk about all the celebrity responses to Jesse's sentencing and so much more. Stick around. Last week, actor Jesse Smollett was sentenced to 150 days in Cook County Jail in Chicago, 30 months of felony probation, I mean, ordered to pay over $120,000 in restitution to the city of Chicago and a 25K fine. And since then, his official Instagram account has been taken over by his family, who have shared posts with updates on how their brother is doing and the overwhelming message of hashtag free Jesse, along with a lot of celebs who have been speaking out. Well, here to share more is Travel Anderson, award-winning journalist, social curator, and world changer. Welcome back. 
Hi, thanks for having me. Well, yes, thanks for being here as always to give your take on what's going on. So what do you think about how things have unraveled since this, this sentencing? Well, you know, it, it's been really interesting to witness. I think many people expected that he would maintain, that Jesse would maintain his innocence because he's been maintaining his innocence this entire time. And so therefore, you know, the his team, you know, they're in the process of filing an appeal. But in the meantime, he's in jail. Um, and the different posts that we've seen from his family members and other supporters on social media aren't painting the best picture. Um, there was reports a couple of days ago by the brother that Jesse was put in the psych ward. Um, and, and I think earlier today we got reports that he's now been moved into a regular jail cell. Right. But really, I think a lot of folks, you've seen the hashtag pop up free Jesse, um, because people are saying no matter what you feel about the case, that like jail time is excessive. Well, yeah, that's uh, quite interesting, right? Because um, no matter what the case is, I think we've seen his co-star Taraji P. Henson. Um, she spoke mm-hmm. out about the sentencing, adding her support for the star and invoking Emmett Till. Now, if you know the historical background of that name, then for me, I wonder how do we talk about the seriousness of this without kind of conflating it to other, maybe depending on how you view it, more serious conversations that have happened historically. Um, Because sometimes it just feels like the math is a math thing and those things are not, you know, they should be conflated together. Well, I think the important point here is that like, Different people will feel differently based on on their thoughts, their feelings about the verdict and the case. Right. There are some people who 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 don't believe the verdict. They don't believe he's guilty. They don't believe that he staged this hoax and therefore likening this situation or potential situation to one like Emmett Till's in which a white woman lied on him. Uh, you know, and and that led to his murder, right? And we only find out that she lied decades later. You can make that association. But if you're someone who believes, like, the jury said guilty and that's what we're going with, then or you feel like the story, you know, just sounded odd or sounded weird or whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be, then you're going to look at something like the Emmett Till comparison and you're going to be like, um, maybe we shouldn't be doing that, right? But, again... Jesse maintains his innocence. There is, um, um, if folks are interested, I suggest this podcast. It's called Jesse, Simply Jesse. Um, And they are taking kind of an investigative journalist look at the case um, Mm -hmm. and doing some really interesting reporting around perhaps some some mishaps or missteps or just questionable things that the prosecutors and, and the CPD, Chicago Police Department, might have committed in the course of the case. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure Jesse's team is listening to it as well Mm -hmm. Um, because they're definitely looking to to appeal this. Yeah, journalist Travell Anderson is with us right now. Well, do you think all of this will matter and will change what the decisions that have already been made around this? 
You know, it's this whole thing of like, you know, the court of the public opinion, right? And I feel like that has already been decided. But I think a lot of people are also just still questioning things, particularly considering and seeing the ways that like his family has been supporting him. You mentioned Taraji P. Henson, India Moore over the weekend posted uh, something in support as well. There are a lot of, you know, fairly prominent people, including Angela Davis, who the legendary iconic Angela Davis, right, who are saying something is off here and trying to pull our attention to it. I mean, here's the thing. The only way that his his reputation, if you will, is restored is if the case gets overturned and, and we discover, right, that perhaps there was a vendetta against him as some folks have insinuated. Right. Yeah, I I think the whole case is just very interesting and it it is something where I've I've also really um I mean, I kind of love the support that we're seeing in this way of just people pointing the attention in the ways that we should really be just looking and and constantly questioning the bigger picture of, you know, the justice system and law enforcement. Because even if it's not just centered around Jesse, there's conversation to be had moving forward. And I wonder for you, how do you think us as media professionals should be speaking about this moving forward? Yeah, you know, I think it is interesting for me I I was one of the people, particularly about this case, like I read the court documents, right? I read the police reports myself. And so my understanding and my vantage point on on these types of discussions end up being uh, a little different. But what I find interesting is how this discourse is pairing up with like the prison abolition discourse, which is pairing up with the social justice and reproductive justice discourse. And it's all under this kind of discussion of like how are we going to challenge the institutions right that we've always thought were protecting us that maybe aren't protecting us um and so i think it's challenging all of us to right have those conversations right are you on the defund the police side or are you on the abolish the police side you know or or whatever what have you and so i think there's a lot for us to be thinking about and discussing and we'll see how it nets out okay well that was award-winning journalist and co-host of the fanti podcast travel anderson thank you so much Thank y'all. Okay, what's coming up next, Ryan? A Supreme Court justice's wife was at the January 6th rally. How could this impact the case and impartiality in the highest court of the country that is coming up next? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, so this is a wild story. Virginia uh, Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, for the first time, has publicly acknowledged that she participated in the January 6, 2021 oh. Stop the Steal rally. Bringing up the question, how can we trust impartiality in the highest court? Well, uh, Marina Alfaro, breaking news reporter from the Washington Post, is here to tell us why we should all care about this crazy story. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's talk about first the beginning here, because why mm-hmm. now is she publicly acknowledging this? What What's going on here mm-hmm. that we need to connect the dots with? Yeah, so there's been a few stories already um, by other publications saying, you know, that um, uh, Ginny Thomas, who was Clarence Thomas's wife, had some sort of connection to know, you know, um, uh, some of the groups protesting um, the results of the 2020 election. I mean, she has been a very vocal supporter of President Trump. So it's like, no, not news, you know, here that um, she would be on his side on this one. But um, this specific story that came out uh, was the first time that she publicly said that she was there on the rally before the Capitol attack. Um, And as you mentioned, yes, it does, you know, um, raise some eyebrows among some people who are critical of how um, Supreme Court justices handle their recusals. Um, when they are dealing with cases that may have connections to what their spouses or family members are doing. Yeah, so with that said, wouldn't maybe a judge step down from that case because of the, of that, that bias or connection? Yeah, so, you know, in smaller, not, not small, in lower courts, um, judges are often uh, policed by other judges or, you know, there's some sort of, like, setup where if they have to deal with a case that one of their partners or relatives or children it's involved with or that they have a personal connection to, they are asked to step out of that case and not, you know, issue an opinion or whatever. The Supreme Court doesn't have that. I mean, it is a rule, but it's a rule that is self-policed and self-enforced. So it's up to a justice on the Supreme Court to decide whether or not they should recuse from a case. Mm -hmm. And the situation with Clarence Thomas is that, you know, President Trump asked um, the Supreme Court to step in and stop the White House from releasing documents connected to January 6th. And, you know, some people, court watchers, were expecting Clarence Thomas to say, I'm not going to issue an opinion on this because my wife has been very vocal about this. But he didn't. He still issued an opinion, and he actually was the only justice to rule in Trump's favor. So oh, wow. it is, you know, that kind of thing where, you know, both Thomases have said, we don't talk about these issues at home. I'm not influenced by my wife's uh, career, blah, blah, all these things, you know. But it's that kind of thing where, it, the optics of it are difficult to deal with as, as a court because it's the Supreme Court of the United States. Yeah, I mean, Jenny Thompson, which is Virginia Thompson, just to give you, mm-hmm. um, uh, she, you know, this isn't her first time being very vocal about, you know, her own version of activism, right? And so mm-hmm. have we seen families pop up like this in the, in, in, you know, the history of politics when it comes to, you know, being so outspoken and especially when mm-hmm. it aligns with the, the Supreme Court justices? 
Have we seen this happen before? Yeah. Um, so we haven't seen it at this level, I would say, just because she is a very prominent conservative activist. Like, that is her whole career. She um, has done this for years before she uh, was the wife of the Supreme Court justice. You know, this, this is her thing. That's her career. Um, and I think, you know, now we get to see more into it because of, you know, the Trump administration was everyone had eyes on it. What happened on Jan 6? Everybody knows what happened. I think there is an elevated interest in, you know, the doings of Supreme Court justices, families and relatives. Um, but it is not the only case of justices kind of doing the self-policing in a way that raises eyebrows. Um, as I mentioned in my piece, you know, there's um, justices who work with a certain uh, book um, publisher and they don't recuse themselves when the, the book publisher has a case or is connected to a case on the Supreme Court. Um, there are many other instances like this where, like, justices just don't step out when they should um, or when critics and, and court watchers think they should. Um, so I think this just brings this case is so particular because it has to do with January 6th. Uh, but I do think it just gives an insight into how the Supreme Court needs to start, um, you know, figuring out what rules it's going to set more or like push for more to, to be enforced more. Yeah. What do you think Democrats are going to do mm-hmm. with this Im- information? It feels like it becomes something for them to bring up now. Yeah, it's it. But again, it's, it's the optics of it are very difficult. Yeah. Just because um, nobody wants the court to to be dragged into deep into this, right. if that makes sense. You know, the optics of it, we it's 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 a lie to say that the court is not politicized. But it, it, the more you make it seem as it is, the, the more the public opinion on it changes or is affected. So I don't know how much Democrats can hinge on this. OK, so um, when, if like, they want to avoid that. Yeah, I guess what we're reporting the story, then what are we supposed to take away from it? Uh, from the story? Yeah, like um, in this moment, especially yeah. if Democrats, it really doesn't seem mm-hmm. like high on the priority list for them to bring this in and make it a bigger deal. What should we yeah. as the reader be taking from this? I think it's the, the aspect of court rules. And, you know, President Biden has set a committee um, that sh- that is looking into how the court can be fixed, quote unquote fixed, or kind of the, the issues in the court that can be addressed. And while the focus is on court packing, or like making more seats in the court, putting more justice in the court. I think one of the things that we should actually be focusing more as the public is the idea that um, the Supreme Court needs more strict rules that need to be followed. All right, that's the takeaway. Maybe we should be thinking about that aspect more than like adding more justices to the court. All right, well, that was Mariana uh, Alfaro, breaking news reporter from the Washington Post. Thanks so much for joining. Let's go there. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, what's coming up? Well, a former Trump advisor is still on his parents' phone plan. That was just revealed. Big news. So how old is too old to be on your parents' plan? We get into it next. Okay, so is it okay to still be on your parents' phone plan? Why the hell not? Why are we even asking this damn question? Well, of course, if I, my mama want to pay my bills, I'm going to let her pay my hey, damn bills. Why are we asking this totally. question? Well, it's coming up because uh, Stephen Miller, the former advisor, uh, ch- who worked with Trump and who is known for pushing the administration's family separation policy at the U.S.-Mexico border is actually suing to block the January 6th committee from obtaining his phone records. Mm. And the suit is arguing that the phone records requested contain sensitive information about his family and that and it notes, which is I, I thought this is interesting, according to Rolling Stone, that Miller is still on his parents' T-Mobile cell phone plan. I love that for him. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely, this is the one thing that I will see eye to eye with the Republican on. <laughs> 
If you <laughs> there need, you go. if you if your parents want to do it, because I know how adulting works. Even though he's probably full, his he's very you know privileged, and his family probably has some sort of wealth or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Cute. Like I would love it. I you know nepotism is great, even when it comes to your phone bills. Take advantage of it. Here's the thing. Yeah, if you've been on your family plan since high school, right? He's 36 years old. I feel like I would be on my mom's phone plan until I was 74. <laughs> I genuinely don't it care. It also makes sense because it's a better deal, right? Was, like, there's so many things we have to talk about that we should still be on our family like plan with. Insurance, you know? Like, why cut me off at 25? The phone. I mean, my, my mom wants to actually go back on a plan, but we're going to split it, which sucks. I'm just like, girl, you just want to take care of it. Um, like so, oh, really? She's making you yeah, split she actually, it. She actually wants to, like, she actually was like, oh, we can save some money and do it together. And I'm like, okay, great. And But I feel like at this point where I am, I'll probably end up paying it. But, like, I, if any moment, <laughs> gift giving should be, like, just, at, like, sending me money just so I can pay my bills. Like, that's great. Yeah. So I have no problems with this. So I was on a plan with my dad. Um, and we ended up separating it at a certain point because for some reason he started like using it against me. Oh, like yeah. if it, like, <laughs> for sure. My mom did the same thing. My mom did the same thing. Like if, you know, because if you go travel internationally or maybe you're on your hotspot, maybe some months or more, and he'd be like, what is your, why is, are they charging you this much? What are you doing with your phone? I'm like, you know, I'm sick of your questions. I'm going to live my life. Yeah, I get it. But like that, that, that I'm saying I'm okay with it if it's coming from a place where your parent is just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. There's no if, ands, buts about. It. There's no, you know, I'm no attachments. You don't have to like sign your name in blood. Like you don't have to do any of that. I just want to pay it for. But who knows? I don't know that story. Maybe that's the next Disney movie, Pixar movie, because the family plan. Yeah, the family plan. <laughs> that sounds like Encanto 2.0. <laughs> That really does. It's incredible. <laughs> it's a lot of suspense. The family pen. Will they stay on it? Will they leave? You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Literally me turning red. <laughs> well, welcome back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q. But speaking of music, we're giving away something special. Well, yeah. You know, Channel Q has your tickets into Lady Gaga's Chromatica Ball, which I know everyone wants to go to. Because it's one of her only 15 stadium shows this summer at the LA's Dodger Stadium, September 10th. It is the last stop on the tour. Tickets are on sale, but guess what? Why wait when we've got your chance to win your way in? Uh, Channel Q is giving away five pairs, and one of them is yours. Head over to wearechannelq.com and enter for your chance to win. Do not miss your chance to witness Lady Gaga's iconic Chromatica Ball at LA's Dodger Stadium. And, um, of course, you keep listening to the show. Show, we'll have some tickets for you as well. We're working on the details, mm. so you better stick around and listen. Love it. I'm just telling you, don't miss out on this opportunity. We oh. are ChannelQ.com. Love it. Okay, well, today is Equal Pay Day, and another year has gone by where pay between genders has not closed. So what do we do now? We're going to discuss that with the Secretary-Treasurer of the National Committee on Pay Equity in 15 minutes. But right now, let's get into some What's Trending this hour. About 55 transgender youth, supportive parents and allies protested outside the Texas governor's mansion in Austin last Sunday in a demonstration against Governor Greg Abbott's policies targeting trans kids. And they outnumbered anti-trans protesters. The protesters took aim at Abbott's order requiring the state's Department of Family and Protective Services to start child abuse investigations against any families accessing gender-affirming care for their trans kids. 
Now, this is some concerning news. COVID-19 cases were up 48% in the UK last week compared to the week before. Hospitalizations were also up 17% over the same period. The country's daily case rate is about 55,000 a day. It's still less than a third of the Omicron peak, but cases are rising as fast as they are falling, and it's bringing up concerns about what it might, um, how it might impact the cases here in the U.S. Fauci said he's spoken with U.K. counterparts, and they have pegged the rise to a combination of three factors. And Fauci said it's the BA.2 variant, which is more transmissible than the original Omicron, the opening of society with people, you know, mingling more indoors without masks and uh, waning immunity from vaccination or prior infection. We actually have our uh, favorite infectious diseases expert, Dr. Amos, joining us to talk more about that tomorrow at 2.20 p.m. Pacific. Are you ready to go back on lockdown? I mean, I think just like Quarantine? before. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Are you excited? I I did like the and I don't like the the idea of it how people's lives are impacted in the way they are in of the economy. Of course, no one does. Um, I do think I'd rather it's, go it's, back in the house than pay six dollars or seven dollars for gas. Well, yeah, for I sure. feel like uh, saving money, uh, also having more time for myself and the people I love. Definitely, um, there's that. I feel like I haven't been home in weeks. <laughs> I feel like I'm never home now. <laughs> no, but seriously, I I do think. Um, we are. I, I really hope that we don't have these same situations totally. happen here. Um, but as we've seen um, in the past, especially yep. as dealing with this now years in, it does seem that there is a cycle. And so I'm a little yep. nervous as well. And maybe we should be putting back those mask mandates. Well, yeah, it goes from the UK. If we look at what's happened and then it, the wave happens. That's always the thing, the hint of like if even it's gonna though, hit us. Even though I was I was planning an incredible Pride Month for myself, and I just really well, like, hope let's it hope, does yeah, not screw maybe, it up. Yeah, exactly. Let's hope. Let's well, cross our fingers. Could we could we possibly see something where it's like okay, we have like two months where we're gonna have to spend indoors, and then two months outdoors. It seems like it's kind of going. In yeah, that but path. the way it's set up, that two months that. is going to be yeah. like literally during. We Bible. all have plans. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> Don't kill the messenger, guys. Right. Just I, I didn't use that language. I didn't use kill. Doctor Amesh will tell us. Maybe you lock know, you in our crazy or not tomorrow. Exactly. Uh, speaking of events, TikTok has announced it is the official partner of the Cannes Film Festival, which kicks off on May seventeenth. Cannes actually does not allow selfies on the red carpet, but this year TikTok will offer a glimpse into the behind the scenes of one of the top film festivals in the world. TikTok users will be able to watch interviews with actors and red carpet events at Cannes on the app. Very cool. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Well, 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 Mr. Oh. Hairs, Nails, Shoes, or Heels, whatever the song is. Todrick Hall is breaking his silence after his controversial time on Big Brother. Mm. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. I appreciate you for writing it down, but I really don't care. <laughs> Nails, hair, hips, heels. Yeah, I just, I didn't really care about getting it. That was the joke, me getting it wrong. Anyway, most of the time, you know, after this show, Big Brother, the cast interviews happen. Well, Todrick went silent, and he's now speaking up on why. Hmm. He described his overall Big Brother experience as the hardest month of the half of, the hardest month and a half of my life. That's what he said, quote. He went on to emphasize, I haven't avoided press because I'm afraid to comment on my experience on Big Brother, but more to protect myself and my mental health to make sure I could actually get my show on stage and fulfill my obligations to my fans and paid employees. 
Now, the pain is emphasized in his response to criticism dating back years, but he has not always paid his dancers and performers, rather offering them exposure. Um, he did own up to some of his own behavior, though, and as a super fan of the show, he said it was both, quote, the most difficult thing he's ever done, but one he's glad he did throughout this, his time on the show. He was overjoyed at getting to experience something he'd been watching for two, de- uh, two decades. Now, as for his nasty comments about people, he said, quote, I'm not always nice, not always kind, nor have I ever claimed to be. But oh, um, I'm very flawed. I'm a work in progress. But that's the beauty of being human. I have made a ton of mistakes in my life, and I will continue to make mistakes, some publicly and some privately. Girl, fascinating. Yeah, that's um, that's the tea, right? Yeah. I- I think that, uh, you know, of course, you could say, I'll never do these things again. I think he's being real. He's saying, like, this is who I am, unfortunately, unfortunately. Yeah, but maybe it's a little too late. A little too late, you know, but it's fine. It's fine as long as he got it done. Um, and he's hopefully he'll talk about it more in depth because there were some serious ac- accusations. And I don't think that little statement is you know really what? going to be a- enough. This will lead to him just doing a book. A tell-all. Because he, he always finds a way. I mean, he, he makes it work, you know, get in the bag. And I must say, I met him. He's a great guy. Yeah, he actually, he's, great, he's, he's always sweet. been very nice to me also. He's very sweet. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think holding someone accountable is also super important. Yeah. That's your tea report. Um, coming up next, we have to talk about Amanda Bynes because she's a re- she revealed that a director told her that she looked like a monster. And how it's affecting her today, actually. So we're going to discuss that uh, next hour. Stick around for that. All right. Well, next up, what equal payday data is and is not telling us as we uh, celebrate that today. Because guess what? The gender pay wage gap is not even, um, you know, it's continuing. It hasn't figured itself out. So what do we do about that next? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Today's equal pay day, which signifies how far into the new year the average woman must work to be paid what the average man was paid the previous year. And here is VP Kamala Harris at an equal pay day event today. As one must recognize, lower wages mean working women have less money, less money to save today, and lower wages mean they receive lower Social Security benefits in their senior years. For so many women, the gender wage gap acts as a virtual tax, making it so much more difficult to pay the bills and invest in their future. Okay, joining us right now is Carolyn York, Secretary Treasurer of the National Committee on Pay Equity. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm uh, delighted to be here on a day when we all wish we didn't need to celebrate uh, or draw attention yeah, well, with to that, a day like today. Totally. So with all of that said, how far have we really come? Like, can you explain where we're at right now when it comes to that? Well, I the statistics, and we use U.S. government statistics, say on average all women earn about 83 cents for every dollar earned by a man. Now, that obviously has changed over the decades. The wage gap has gotten more narrow. I mean, if you go back to uh, the um, early days, the 70s and so on, the famous song, 59 Cents to Every Man's Dollar, was on the way, based on the wage gap, so things have improved overall, but the wage gap is very stubborn, uh, and we still have a long way to go. Yeah, can you break down, because I, I feel like oftentimes this conversation uh, kind of forgets the, the nuances of intersectionality, and I always wonder, can you break down the uh, when it comes to even the larger wage gap for black and uh, people of, like, women of color as well? Well, that, that actually raises uh, two really interesting points. One is there is a, a definite wage gap larger than the gap for all women or white women that impacts black women, Latino women, uh, Asian women, Native American women. Uh, but it's also the case that the pandemic made that so much worse. Uh, What we saw is that women's participation in the labor force actually dropped uh, and due to people losing their jobs and particularly at the lower end of the pay scale and particularly in jobs where that are filled primarily by women of color. And so, what we have, the wage gap number, the 83 cents, that actually is based on year-round full-time work. And what we found is that now one in five women in the U.S. works part-time, usually not by choice. Uh, so it's really important to start looking at to include part-timers and seasonal workers in the statistics. And we're going to start doing that this year when we look at the day that different demographics of women would 
achieve fair pay for mm-hmm. the year. And that puts black women achieving equal pay to, compared to white non-Hispanic men at September 29th, almost, um, you know, so far into the next year. For Latino women, that date's even worse. It, we're, we're going to draw attention to it on December 8th, but they only make 49 cents for every dollar earned by white non-Hispanic men. So really, it would be in the following year. Um, so, and I could yeah. go on with other uh, demographic yeah. groups, but it. It really, it points out how hard hit lower income women and women of color were in the pandemic. And also how much we still have occupational segregation in this country. And some of the truly most important jobs in healthcare, education, caregiving are filled by women of color primarily, and those jobs are way undervalued for Definitely. what is required to uh, do them. Again, just, uh, we are talking to Carolyn York from the National Committee on Pay Equity right now. So with all this said, all this data, you know, what is being, doing, being done about it at the policy level? Because it seems like something needs to change. Right. Um, well, I think there's a lot of things that are happening. Obviously, much more needs to be done, and I think it's great that you started off with that clip from Vice President Harris because the administration took some important steps today and that I hope will encourage others, will encourage more legislation to be passed, and also encourage more businesses to seriously look at wage disparities in their workforce. But one thing we really want to emphasize is the importance of pay transparency. Yep. Uh, I bet your listeners are thinking, yeah, I don't really know what other people in my company are making because you know, there's sort of an idea, you don't really talk about it. It's considered impolite, unseemly. And we really need to get over that because once people feel that they can talk about the pay they receive, mm-hmm. they will, those inequities will be laid bare. Yeah, I do and that's think it's critical. I do think it's a generational thing. I think a lot of younger generations from millennials to Gen Zers are having more transparent conversations about uh money and in ways that are so important and really helping everyone move forward and I think it's that's why the work that you're doing is so so incredible. So thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Um, thank you for highlighting this important event. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That was Carolyn York, Secretary Treasurer of the National Committee on Pay Equity. What's coming up next, Ryan? Well, the word of the day is stagflation and why economists are talking about it and how it's going to impact all of us. Stick around for more coming up next. So we've all been talking about inflation lately, but now economists are bringing up the idea of stagflation. Here to discuss how that could impact the economy is Veronica Dollar, professor in the economics department at SUNY Old Westbury and a visiting professor at Stony Brook University. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Very excited to be on. Yeah. Well, so first off, let's explain what is stagflation. 
Yeah, so taxation is basically sort of the worst of all worlds in a sense, right? So um, it's basically when you have inflation, uh, so prices are going up and you have GDP that is either not moving, so stagnating uh, mm. or basically decreasing. So we're going into recession as well. So high prices, recession, and then at the same time, also quite a bit of unemployment. Okay, so how are we seeing it showing up right now? So right now, uh, what we are seeing is still uh, just inflation, right? So we are we haven't moved into the the bad territory of stagflation. So right now, we just have high prices. Prices are going up almost eight uh, percent over the year. But uh, the the scary part is that we are thinking that maybe the economy is not going to be picking up. It's going to be sluggish. And then, uh, you know, the prices, the oil prices typically really mess up the entire economy. So uh, if the oil prices keep on increasing and having a very negative impact on the economy, that can really sort of change, you know, the entire supply. And then that can move us into that territory of stagflation where the economy is experiencing high levels of high prices and also a lot of unemployment and decreased in GDP for recession. That's very worrisome. I mean, that does not sound like a good situation. It's it's really it's really not a good place to be in. So typically, you know, when I when I teach these classes, I say, you know, economies uh, they we, we go through these business cycles, you know. So we move their ups and downs, and there's always some bad news, some good news. Uh, normally, you know, like uh, if we go into the recession, obviously the bad news is that the GDP is declining and unemployment is up. Mm-hmm. But the good news is that typically prices are also going down. So everything's a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, when the economy is booming, you know, we have very little problems with unemployment, no problems with GDP. It's growing, but inflation is higher, right? So the prices are up. With stagflation, uh, you know, everything that can go wrong goes wrong, basically. So not a very good place to be in. Yeah, sounds wow. helpful. Um, has the um, has the U.S. ever experienced this before? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, we have quite a bit of experience with this. Uh, the thing is, it has happened, you know, a bunch of years ago. So uh, the first sort of the real shock that we experienced like that was in you know 1973, 75, uh, when we saw the first um, huge spike in oil prices because of uh, OPEC, you know, uh, what is Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. They got together, they formed the cartel. Uh, they actually decreased the supply of oil quite significantly, and then the prices of oil uh, skyrocketed. Mm. And the thing is that I say, you know, like oil is also important, not just for your transportation and, um, and your car, but we actually eat it in a sense, right? And the way we eat it is that all the agriculture products are, you know, uh, heavily reliant on uh, oil and diesel and all that stuff. So basically, oil really matters for the economy as a whole. And that's what happened. You know, 375 prices, oil prices went up. And as a result, we basically experienced sort of the first huge levels of stagflation. And then again, 78, 80s. So there are people probably that remember these painful experiences here in the United States. Yeah. So again, we're talking to Professor Veronica Dollar. With that said, did we learn anything from that? And how do we approach it moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, so back in the days, I was just like sort of reading in terms of like what were um, presidents doing at the time, trying to uh, sort of get out of this mess. So there's there's no simple answer to this. So, for example, Nixon, one of the things he did in order to sort of preserve the, the energy and how much oil we're using, he changed this uh, law in the, and, the, you know, set the maximum speed limit to 55 uh, across the state, across the United States. 
And then Jimmy Carter was basically saying, you know, things are bad. Uh, all these prices are very high. Oil is high. Electrical bills are high. So maybe you should wear cardigans and sweaters. Okay. So that was their solution because really there is no good solution in this case, you know. Um, because um, so one thing you can do is do nothing. And of course, uh, nobody's going to like you for that. Yeah. Um, and then you have to pick sort of your fight in a sense. So you can fight the high prices, inflation. But by doing that, by fighting the inflation, you're going to make the recession and unemployment that much worse. Or you can try to boost the economy, you know, get people back to jobs, uh, uh, decrease unemployment, get the GDP growing. But you're going to have inflation, inflationary problem that is going to be that much worse. So basically, no matter what you do, you know, it's not going to be good. So uh, I typically say, you know, then if you do, then if you don't, right? So there's yeah. really not a good fix when it comes to this. And typically, you know, presidents pay a high political price for being, you know, wrong wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we just have to live through it and yep. uh, tell our, our kids about it, that no. we lived through history. Maybe we well, should hopefully, be hopefully it won't come to that. So I'm still quite optimistic. Hopefully it won't come to that. So that's really sort of the i think at this point the worst case scenario i'm hoping but you know we we get uh, surprises uh, every day in terms of what's possible Definitely. and what can hit us so all right well that was veronica dollar uh, professor in the economics department at suny old westbury thank all you right. so much again thank you so much Quite have a nice day huh? i know mm. still it's very dismal to me and scary yeah, but that's I all mean, good that's literally what that conversation was <laughs> Okay, what's coming up next, Ryan? The latest hotel trend is hoping to cater to folks like Shira, you know, those vegan travelers. Find out more coming up next. So luxury hotels are trying to feed into vegan travelers' needs. Get it? Eating. Okay, so (laughs) they are... (laughs) What was that joke? What was it? You know, every time I think of a vegan, I just think of food and eating. That could be because I'm hungry. Uh, So they are switching up all their leather, anything animal related, Mm. and they're going to be pushing towards more vegan options, right? So now animal lovers can go to uh, two newly created vegan guest rooms in the Mandarin Oriental Hotel um, in Abu Dhabi. It's debuting this month. The beds, according to this New York Post article, are outfitted entirely in vegan linen with no feather pillows or duvets. There's are no leather, wools, or silk used in the room anywhere. Here, great. Are you into this? I actually am, only because I think the hospitality industry... Um, sets so many trends and they also spend so much money on these types of materials. So like the more you create a uh, need for this, the more you pressure the companies that are not using sustainable materials to follow suit. That's what I think. Also, I have allergies, so I'm allergic to feathers, so I'm bad with the feather bed stuff. As long as you're comfortable. I mean, yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not have, like, you know, Abu Dhabi, these places spend literally so much money in construction and with materials that something like this could potentially switch things over. So what about you, Ryan? Are you into, uh, this is where it gets a bit weird. Or funny because, you know, people always say like they'll be like vegan water. You're like, girl, water is vegan. Like they're now they're just putting buzzwords on things. Right. Or like where they think people will just buy it because it says the word vegan. But it, um, in this at this hotel, they say they have a vegan mini bar. Uh, they have um, a vegan in-room dining menu, which I like, including when you're traveling internationally. It's hard to find these types of options. Why are you laughing, Ryan? Because I don't think you noticed that you asked me what my thought was and then you Well, you didn't say anything, so I thought maybe you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure. Maybe you had anything to say. Maybe you're just like, that's it. 
I just was going to see how long you were going to go. I just felt like you were on a roll. She's excited. (laughs) I'm on my soapbox. Who knows? It gets the the insides working when we're talking about veganism. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, you're right. I don't have anything to say because I don't care. (laughs) There you go. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Yes, we're back, but more music coming up right here on Channel Q. Uh, and right now we've got more show. Yeah, but should I tell them about Gaga first? Please do. Give them so, their Gaga. Well, I'm going Gaga for Gaga because she's coming here. How many September Gaga 10. references can we make? Um, Goo Goo Gaga. I don't know how that fits, but babies say it all the time. Give the Gaga news. All right, let's give the Gaga news. Um, she is coming to drive everyone Gaga at the L.A. Dodgers Stadium. Oh, my God. <laughs> now it's never going to end. <laughs> all right, well, Gaga is coming to um, uh, to L.A. for the uh, Chromatica Ball, y'all, at L.A.'s Dodgers Stadium, September 10th. It's on a Saturday. You should be there. Um and it's only one of her 15 stadium shows, you know? It's her last wow. stop. And it's going to be quite incredible. Tickets are on sale, obviously, on Ticketmaster. But you don't even have to wait for that because we have your chance to win. Uh, Channel Q is giving away five pairs, and one of them is yours. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com and enter for your chance to win. Don't miss your chance to witness Lady Gaga's iconic chromatic ball at LA's Dodger Stadium Saturday, September 10th. I wonder how many people have to turn down their like headphones or like their their cars when I like talk. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of people. No, they're just turning it up. It's just collectively I'm watching them turn it down. <laughs> no. Be like, who is that loud you know who I really want to go see right now? Who? And I'm trying to, I, I feel like it's too late, but I really wanted to go see John Mayer and mm. Yeba. They are at the Forum yep. tonight. I've seen John Mayer the perform live. Yeah. I think today's their last day. All right. Well, yeah. another time. Unless maybe you can I, you know, slide into his DMs and maybe he'll do a little I mean, private I, I should just I ask someone upstairs and see if I can get a ticket. You're connected. You're, you can get hooked up. I believe it's in you. It's too late. Okay, well, coming up on the show, while well, you think about how you're getting tickets, uh, one celeb is recovering from a rising concern that is popping up for younger people, blood clots. And one celeb is eating raw meat for fertility. We discuss both with Dr. James in 10 minutes. Let's get into somewhat trending this hour, though, right now. Second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, has tested positive for COVID-19, and that's according to the White House, who announced that today. VP Kamala Harris tested negative, but is um, going to be changing her schedule as a result of her husband's positive test. Harris spokesperson Sabrina Singh said Harris would not participate in a planned equal pay day event tonight at the White House with President Biden out of an abundance of caution. The VP tested negative for COVID-19 today and will continue to test, she said. Biden and Harris appeared together this afternoon and mingled with lawmakers at an event marking the signing of a $1.5 trillion government funding measure. Before Emhoff's diagnosis was public, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki and Biden had tested negative for COVID-19 on Sunday, too. So they're crossing their T's, dotting their I's there at the White House right now. But really crazy stuff considering also the increase in COVID cases in the U.K., 
Now, moving on to the Cayman Islands, where LGBTQ plus rights advocates and um, were dealt a blow. That's the Cayman Islands and Bermuda after a top appeals court in London sided with Bermuda and the Cayman <laughs> Islands governments over blocking same-sex marriage. That's still happening. They said, our work will go on. Out Bermuda continues to advocate for equality, justice, and dignity for all LGBTQ plus Bermudians. We will do so with gratitude to all the advocates and allies who stood by us. And that's according to Out Bermuda on Twitter. And finally, the Senate passed a bill by unanimous consent to make daylight savings time, or saving time, I always say savings, permanent. Wow, finally it happens. Yeah. And here is Senator Kirsten Cinema. I ask unanimous consent that the Rubio substitute amendment at the desk be considered and agreed to. The bill as amended be considered read a third time and passed, and that the motions to reconsider be considered made and laid upon the table. Is there objection? Without objection, so ordered. Thank you, Madam President. And uh, yes. as the day goes on, I, I look forward to so others. You heard uh, Marco Rubio. That's his voice. But of members of the United States. A cinema Senate. was the yes. Like, this was the thing she was really waiting for, a Democrat from Arizona. Which is hilarious because she hasn't done her job the entire time there, but she's rooting for daylight saving. Right? Great for her. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment? It's my turn, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda Bynes is getting candid about some of her experiences in Hollywood and how they influence her today. She took to, uh, well, it's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Let me get it right. She took to Instagram on Monday to reveal what harsh note a director gave her um, on set that stuck with her and her selfie preferences. In her post, she detailed the incident that changed the way she lights her photos. She said, the reason I don't usually look great in paparazzi pictures is because I'm squinting in the sun. The videos and pictures I post are in in a flattering light or in the shade outside without the sun blasting on my face. I once did a movie where the director told me that in certain lights, I looked like a monster. And the second video, she was dressed in a Blaffy Graphic t-shirt and she explained she was in the process of removing all of her nose piercings and her facial tattoos um, ahead of her court date to terminate her long-standing uh, conservatorship. You know, I can relate to the whole picture-taking thing because I hate it when other people take my photos yeah. strictly because I sometimes just like get really nervous and I forget how I, like how to pose. And I feel like if you can take a picture of yourself, you can control, right? You can control yeah. the angles and everything. And I had that happen over the weekend where I was like, oh, Everyone was like, no, you need to get pictures taken. I was like, I don't like doing that because I don't like it when people take pictures of me because I don't know how to pose and I just look like an Well, you do. You myself. need to get over that. Yeah, but I still feel that way. So I, I related. What are you going to do Amanda. about it? What are you going to do? I'm just going to continue to take my own pictures. Well, that's not going to, that's not realistic considering you have people that are going to want to take It is realistic. Pictures. I can do so it. You're going to go on the red carpet and be like, give me your camera. All right, I'm going to just bring a tripod with me. Yeah, bring whatever you <laughs> Where's Ryan with his good old tripod? <laughs> yep, there he Just is setting up. It's, it's kind of <laughs> awkward. <laughs> That's your team report. And we got more coming up next hour, which is all about, um, well, you know, just leading up to, oh, Okay, so Evan Rachel Woods. Oh, God. You know, she's been going very public about everything that's going on with Marilyn Manson. She is speaking out, and we are going to talk about it coming up next right. hour. Next up, blood clots among younger people are popping up more and more. Dr. James Simmons is here to break it all down next. So news came out that Haley Baldwin Bieber is recovering. 
after developing a blood clot that moved to her brain. And it's actually a health problem that is happening in younger and younger people, according to experts. And Dr. James Simmons is back with us to dive into this because this is really scary. Hey, Dr. Yeah, James. Yeah, this is really scary. Yeah, tell us more. So tell us more what actually happened. Like, how does it move to your brain? Well, what? Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, this is kind of like a... Uh, unfortunately, it's kind of a typical situation. So when we think about stroke, there are a couple of different types of them. But in big buckets, there's a stroke that causes a blood vessel in your brain to, like, burst and bleed, and that's called a hemorrhagic stroke. And then there's a different kind of stroke that's called ischemic, and that's where usually a clot that comes from a different part of the body mm. gets stuck in a blood vessel in your brain that mm. stops the blood from going past that clot. And... Part of the brain dies because it's getting blood flow. And there's also this type of stroke that we call a TIA or a warning stroke or a mini stroke, if you will. And sometimes what happens is there's a clot or something that gets stuck in the blood vessel in the brain. Yeah. It blocks the blood flow for a little while, but then the clot goes on, it mm-hmm. moves, and then the blood flow returns. So, Dr. Wow. James, real quick, before we get into more deep into this conversation, we're going to give you a quick call back because we want the connection to be really good. Um, but it's so wild, the medical side of this, because she is 25, Haley Bieber is, yeah. right? And she's in the spotlight. We know all of those things. But 25 to experience a stroke, I feel like it hits on so many topics. I, and I here's the topics that came up for me is, of course, knowing, uh, like, feeling your body and understanding your body. Oh, yeah. But then also, we have to start shifting shifting the conversation about who is considered healthy and what is considered healthy because oftentimes you could be dealing with something and you could be what society deems as healthy looking oh, as totally. possible but really be going through. And Dr. James, you're actually back. Um, and, and thank you for breaking down all of these moments that are going on, um, especially with the stroke. But I, I think for me, it's like, how do you listen to your body to know what are the signs you even of, know of figuring that out, right? Because she was experiencing, she said that she experienced the symptoms, but what are those symptoms? Yeah, I mean, it, what's really smart is that, you know, Haley Bieber was listening to her body. And that's really the most important thing that we, we all should do. So, you know, she was just sitting having breakfast and then all of a sudden experienced some symptoms. And the big symptoms that I want people to look out for, regardless of age, doesn't matter because we are seeing a slight uptick in of strokes in younger people, people as young as Haley. Uh, it's an acronym called FAST, F-A-S-T, going to make it real easy for you to remember this. F is facial droop. So does one side of the face or the other droop or is it numb? Mm. Ask the person to smile if they're, if you know, you think someone might be having a stroke, ask them to smile. If their smile is uneven, big warning sign. The A is for arm weakness. Mm. And this is usually one arm or the other. So is one arm weak or one arm numb? If you ask that person to raise both of their arms and they can't get one of them to go up or it drifts down very quickly, big, big sign. The other one is speech difficulty. Is their speech slurred or do they have really intense, immediate word finding, right? Like you're just having a conversation with someone, you're talking about, oh my gosh, I brought a brand new car and it's a, and they just can't find the words whatsoever and they look really lost. That's the S in fast. If any of those things happen, the T is for time to call 911. Do not wait. Time is brain. If you see people who have these symptoms, it is absolutely 100% of the time better to overreact 
and call 911 and have a professional come to the site where you are to evaluate this patient and possibly take them to the hospital if needed so that you can recover really fast and go home like Haley Bieber did. Yeah. So are these blood clots COVID related? You know, it's hard to know. So obviously, of course, I I didn't say this at the beginning, but I don't know Haley Bieber. I did not treat her. You know, I don't have access to her medical record. It's hard to know if these are from COVID. Um, And, you know, this question has come up a lot when we're talking about Haley Bieber's situation because Justin actually just tested positive for COVID just weeks ago. So, you know, the likelihood that Haley may also have COVID is pretty high. We have seen incidents of stroke going up in people some people who do have COVID, it usually only lasts for a few weeks, though, and then their risk profile, we think, generally goes back to that of a normal person. So it's hard to know whether this was caused by COVID or not. Generally, with people who are this young, when they have a stroke, it's one of two things. It's hereditary, and they didn't really know that they were high risk for stroke oh, until they have one, unfortunately. The second one is trauma. Yeah. Usually when we see people who are this young who have a stroke, it's because they fell off of a ladder, they were in a car accident, some sort of big traumatic accident. Either way, I, I'm just so, so incredibly grateful that Haley Bieber's back home and doing better. So is there a way that strokes can be prevented? Yeah, I mean, this is the big, you know, if you have hereditary risk of stroke, that's kind of a different story. But for the rest of us, you know, this is really that lifestyle thing. And and I want to talk a lot about stress, right? Like we have to keep the stress low. We need to eat really, really well. We need to exercise and not just exercise necessarily for vanity's sake or, you know, to quote, lose weight, but just to keep that heart healthy. If your heart and your whole cardiovascular system are working well, it's going to work well in your brain too. It's all one system. And so the better we eat, the cleaner we eat, less processed foods. We keep the inflammation in our body low, you know, good fats, get our exercise, and most importantly, keep that stress low. Those are the best things you can do to prevent a stroke. Um, Some in the news have mentioned birth control. Is that possible? Anything around that? Yeah, so there are some some folks who are on birth control because of the hormones that they may take with their birth control. It does those are, you know, hormones are steroids, steroids are hormones, I guess. And some forms of birth control that will increase the amount of a certain types of hormones in your body can put you at a higher risk for stroke. Um, again, I don't, I'm not treating Haley Bieber. I don't know her yeah. medical history personally. If she's on birth control, that it depends on the type of birth control she's on if that increases her risk, but it's certainly possible. Why is this happening just among more, uh, more and more young people? Why do you think? You know, that's it's a really, really interesting question that a lot of people are talking about in science um, in the last few years. You know, I, people want to point to obesity right away and just be like, oh, because everyone's so much more obese, there's more strokes. There's definitely an association between higher rates of obesity and higher rates of individuals having strokes, but it's not causative. We, we haven't found a causative link in the research. So I honestly think it's, it's poor diets and the chronicity of poor diets, right? We start eating bad when we're kids and we start eating Flame Hot Cheetos and McDonald's and drinking diet sodas and all this crap that, that we know we, we probably shouldn't, but for a lot of people, that is their primary diet and sometimes it has to be their primary diet. Well, that puts us at much higher risk because of higher inflammatory states, bad cardiovascular disease, things like that, that can really contribute to strokes. So we're all just like Netflixing and chilling a lot. We need to move our bodies. Okay, Dr. James Simmons, uh, you're going to be continuing to talk to us more, though. 
Yeah, we want to keep you this medical it. combo going on uh, because one celebrity is eating raw meat. And um, huh? I heard that was quite dangerous. Well, we'll talk about it coming up next. Okay, so literally, Heidi Mont... Is it Montague? Yeah, from um, she's from the hills. If you remember, I grew up on her. You know, yeah, she's always been something very interesting. She's a reality TV personality, singer, and actress. All these things, whatever. Well, following a tweet from uh, Page Six, including photos of her and her unusual snack, she was snacking on a bison heart oh. um, in a Ziploc bag with the blood at the bottom as a part of her new raw meat diet. And apparently, she's doing it because of uh, fertility. And that's her reasoning behind it. But we have to bring back Dr. James. Ask the MP, what is happening? Is this real? I mean, what are the dangers? Thanks for being back on the show. Uh, thank you for having me. And I hope we have a better connection this time. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah, you sound great. What? What? Why? Thank you. <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> can I just can I just like. Be real with y'all and put that out there. Like, honestly, so this wait, is, the con- I mean, the I get carnivore asked to talk diet about. isn't real. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the story? Listen, the, the carnivore diet is a very real thing. It's like the antithesis of the vegan diet, right? Also, I have been known in my past to be like a very paleo person, right? Hmm. Which, you know, nuts and veggies and good fats and lots of meat, right? That's fine and dandy. Where I have issue with this, A, is that we go back to that conversation about what do you do with you with being a, an influencer in whatever arena that you are an influencer and what responsibility do you have because eating raw meat is dangerous it yeah. can make you very 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 sick and cause a lot of big issues and so if people are just like oh i heard Heidi Montag Mantag whatever is <laughs> eating raw meat to get pregnant i'm going to try it too that's where i start to have issues with this because there is not a bub kiss in the research that I could find that has any sort of association between eating raw meat and increased fertility. Man, Nothing. It can't be good. Like, that don't even... It sounds... Like, that it doesn't sounds taste awful. good. Yeah, and the way she did it, it is really problematic. It's not like someone just asked her and she happened to say, well, I'm trying just different things. The fact that she, like, posted a whole picture about it. Well, um, people tend to like run with it. paparazzi pictures, but you know. Wait, paparazzi pictures of her having just like a piece of raw meat? Well, that's what they, that's what they, you know, a, a lot of certain level of or, celebrities, they do that. They or, stage their paparazzi Yeah, that's pictures. true. But that's not what we're talking about. So why would something like that even be pitched to someone as uh, to help with fertility or something like that? What's the connection? You know, there's, there's a ton of... Uh, and, you know, the folks who are non-meat eaters are, might get a little bit mad at me for, for talking about this. But there are a ton of really great nutrients and things you can get from eating meat. So mm-hmm. obviously high in protein if you're eating the right, the right meats. Iodine, iron, zinc, B12. There's even some other stuff like carnitine, L-arginine, and zinc that may increase blood flow to, like, you know, your uterine spaces and and genitalia and just all over your body. And there's some thought process that, you know, increased blood flow may increase ability for conception, like increased, you know, the strength of ovulation and all these different things. There, No one has done a randomized controlled trial on, okay, a bunch of y'all with the same conditions having a hard time getting pregnant eat a bunch of raw meat, and then a whole bunch of y'all over here don't eat a bunch of raw meat, and then we compare the two of you over like 25, 30 years. That just doesn't exist, and I doubt it will ever exist. Meat cooked 
when it's safe for you, when it doesn't have like salmonella and E. coli and listeria and campylobacter <laughs> and all these like horrible things in it can be really good for you in the right doses. I just, I come back to any sort of eating situation that doesn't have at least some sort of science behind it and some sort of, you know, balance, right? Like you can't just be like, I'm just going to eat raw meat all the time and be a healthy individual that our bodies are just not built that way to handle that. And then especially to be coming from someone who's not a medical professional, not a scientist, like is just like, I eat this raw meat so I can get pregnant. Like I feel for her. I feel like she's going to a lot of extremes because she's, you know, probably feeling really some kind of way about not being able to get pregnant. Well, it seems like it really um, just amplifies the kind of diet culture that we often hear people talking about and how toxic it is, right? Like, how should we be really moving away from those conversations around, you know, diet culture and everything kind of going on? Yeah, it, it that's a really, really, really tough thing. And it's something that I struggle with, you know, personally, being someone who has been really unhappy with my body's shape and size for most of my life. And I, you know, being trapped by all those diet culture things, like, I think we, when we start to see things like this, I consider this extreme. Like I consider this ridiculous, frankly. And to to go to these extremes, when when it's maybe even something tied to fertility or health or whatever, yeah. it's just that's part of the reason why I do what I do. Like let's just get good information out there for people. I really hope that Heidi is able to find, you know, her and her partner are able to find some sort of help with their infertility issues that doesn't involve like legit risking her health and the health of other people around you like i see people in the hospital with c diff and c perfinogens and e coli and all these things that leave them in the icu and in the hospital for weeks because they get sick from this so like i saw this image of her running around like eating raw bison heart out of a bag and it almost, I mean, I'm sure you can tell, it all—it kind of made me angry. Gross. Like, why are we doing this, you know? Well, yeah, sharing these health and wellness fads can really be dangerous and problematic. Um, Dr. James Simmons, thanks so much for joining us for this. We appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Okay, ask the NP on social media. Go follow him right now. But speaking of health concerns, how to Google your health symptoms without freaking out. We've got those answers next. Should we? <laughs> We're all guilty of it, Googling our symptoms before going to see a professional. Sure. It's actually called, uh, and it's recognized now as cyberchondria, repeated compulsive internet searches for medical info that can lead to worry and panic. Oh, that is me, yeah. actually. I, I, I lied earlier. Right? And searches, or I mean surveys, suggest about 90% of patients Google their symptoms before they talk to their doctor. So, hey, what is going on? You know, I'm also guilty of this, uh, but I actually- Who is it? I actually have done this, and I'm usually right. So I feel like I have. Um, I have a I good don't necessarily history. believe because if you're looking at the same things on the internet, like no, I think you have to be very. Anytime you're googling any symptoms or anything about health, it's go- it's telling you nine times out of ten that you're on your way to your deathbed. Oh God, that is what. Yeah, it's you have to be you. skeptical. That's definitely and true. And so for sure, it's one of those things where like. I am not necessarily sure if Googling your symptoms are always the right way to handle things where you could just like go quickly to like an urgent care and like get it taken care of. Well, here, like recently, and my boyfriend makes fun of me slash says, really, you shouldn't be doing this. It was about my armpits. 
Oh, my smell. The saga continues. I feel like I am. It's not even sweaty armpits. I feel like the smell bothers me. It's a. It's a. If you miss the smell conversation, (laughs) just to catch you up, it's a combination of um, uh, Fritos and spoiled cheese. I just want to give you a visual. So I started googling it. He goes, "Please don't Google." Really, it's just natural. Like this, it's bacteria. You have bacteria, and I was like, "Yes," and it's reaching my gut. I went down a down. I went in a downward spiral. Does your poo smell like it? Okay, we're not gonna. My God, no, we're not. This is where. Let's talk about the reason why we're bringing this up is because you brought up the there smell. is wait there is there are five simple best practices to keep in mind when you Google yourself and how to or Google your health symptoms and how to do it properly. Okay, so one is to start with websites of major health organizations, universities, and hospitals. I know all of you aren't necessarily clicking on those. You're clicking on the like health uh, healthforyou.com no, or it's I don't WebMD. know. That's always the go-to that everyone goes to. There is WebMD. There's others but like I CDC. Think I, I don't trust WebMD, if I'm uh, being honest. A, Academ- American Academy of Pediatrics. doctors that are on the web that are giving like, advice? Yeah, is it like the Wikipedia of uh, health information? Probably. Um, there's also Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic. Also, it says to brush up on some study basics. So a lot of times, this is the problem, is we're relying on on whatever we're seeing on the internet without using our basic kind of under understanding of things, right? A lot of people just don't have practical knowledge these days. Yeah. And so unfortunately, we're all walking uh, re- walking blind and we're leading each other down that dark path. And so brush up on your study basics. Huh. Do proper research like, and learn what's real and what's not. You know what I've learned in this segment? That we should just normalize smells. <laughs> We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And this one goes to Jamie Lee Curtis, who is marking the 26th birthday of her daughter, Ruby, by posting a message to Instagram about the wave of anti-trans legislation currently being debated across the country. You know, Ruby told her parents she was transitioning in 2020. We've, of course, covered it on our show. And uh, last summer, Curtis revealed to the world that her daughter is trans with an interview in AARP magazine. She is, uh, both of them have actually spoken out about it. And she is just uh, such goals as a mom and a parent. In her birthday message, Curtis said, Today is the birthday of my trans daughter. I'm proud and grateful to be the parent of a trans child. And I'm sending support to all of the trans families across the U.S. who are being targeted in this moment by conservative legislation. Ah, oh, she's she's my favorite. You yeah. know, she's on my list um, of favorite white women who are unproblematic. Okay, good. Yeah, Congrats. she's always yeah. been on that list. She, yeah, she's great. I mean, Freaky Friday did it for me. If I'm being quite honest, that's the specific <laughs> that movie that that made me think of that list. Okay. Um, but no, I it, this is just so beautiful, and it's just so wonderful, um, and it's it's so it's. It makes it's so needed more than ever mm-hmm. for parents who have trans uh, kids to really, you know, speak up in all the ways. And so I'm I'm very excited for this. And she looks kick ass. I love her. She does. She's that, my mom. That's our yes queen of the day, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, queen. Everyone's favorite mom. And that does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow, same time, two to six p.m. Pacific, five to nine p.m. Eastern right here on Channel Q. Of course, we've got the What's Trending This Hour, Top of Hour, Entertainment News, and so much more. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay and have a wonderful day. Yeah, of course, tomorrow, again, we're going to be talking about the new COVID uh, data that's coming out of the UK and how it's going to affect the US with Dr. Amish. Are we next? 
What? Are we next? Oh, that is true. I was talking about what's coming up next. Love line with Dr. Chris. (laughs) How to care for yourself after a date, sexual experience, or meeting someone for the first time after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.